Hello, everybody. This is episode 45 of the Mind Body Musings podcast. Today, I'm going to come to you with a question. What would you think if I told you that for the next 100 days, you have to find a way to be rejected every single day in a unique and different way? What if one day I said you had to ask a stranger for a compliment about yourself? What if another day I told you that you'd have to go to the grocery store and ask for a discount or ask for something for free? What if I told you that you had to make an announcement to the entire plane on the intercom next time you flew somewhere? Or what if I just told you to ask someone what they thought about your body or thought about your soul? Well, that's what our guest does. I'm not going to lie. I think that this guest has got to be one of the most inspirational and insightful people that I've ever had on the show. I'm astounded he's on today. I feel honored, blessed, and I have so much gratitude to be able to share his message with you guys. Though this show typically focuses around the topics of food and weight and body image, everything that we're talking about today with our guest is very much intertwined with those topics. We're not going to be directly talking about food or weight, but we're talking about fear. And a lot of times the reason why we have these crazy or restricted habits with food and dieting and these obsessions is because we fear not being in control. We fear we fear rejection, ultimately. We fear not being accepted. Whether we want to be just accepted by ourselves or we want to be accepted by our peers, we want to be accepted by our label, the groups of people that we hang out with, Whatever it may be, today's guest is going to give us so much insight. And while I haven't done rejection therapy myself and I haven't done the actual practices that he went through, I'm really going to start because I think that this will be a great way to just become, well, immune to rejection and immune to the heartache that we feel every time we're rejected by something because our guest sets out to do exactly that. He wants to get rejected. So today, I want you guys to just really get pumped up because... This is a big interview, and I'm really excited to share his wisdom with you guys and even to listen to this over and over myself. And hopefully, I'll be putting together a list of things that I want to get rejected by because I think this is going to help a lot with just everyday life and asking questions that you wouldn't ask before. Also, real quickly, you guys, I want to say that my book, The Perfection Myth, is for free right now on Amazon. If you go to Amazon or you go to the show notes for this episode, mattymoon.com slash mbm45, you can get the book for free. There's a link in there, or you can just go to Amazon, search for The Perfection Myth. It's free on Kindle. Sorry, not the paperback version, but the Kindle version, and you don't need a Kindle to read it. You can just uh, click now, download it, and then you can read it online. But it's free until uh, the 19th of April, so on Sunday. So go ahead on over, get that. Also get the book that we're talking about in today's episode by Zha Zhang. Um, it's phenomenal. Rejection proof. You're going to love it. Um, can't wait to head on over to this show. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. The show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon 
a former fitness model gone sane, and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to episode 45 of the podcast. We're speaking to, and I kid you not, one of the most inspirational and thought-provoking individuals today. Though he's humble and may beg to differ on the statement, Zha Jing is changing the way the world views fear, rejection, and the art of entrepreneurship. For anyone that hasn't heard of Zha yet, he is the creator of the popular YouTube series 100 Days of Rejection, where he sets out to get rejected by strangers in unique ways for 100 days straight. This experiment was a way for Ja to improve his own fear of rejection after his entrepreneurial dreams came crashing down. So I learned that even the craziest wish may be granted if you ask in the right way and shares the secret of successful asking, how to pick targets, and how to tell when an initial no can be converted into something positive in his new book. But more important, he learned techniques for stealing himself against rejection and ways to develop his own confidence, a plan that can't be derailed by a single setback. Filled with great stories and valuable insight, Ja's new book, Rejection Proof, is a thoughtful and fun examination of how to overcome fear and dare to live more boldly. I have never been more excited to interview someone in all 45 episodes of this show, so let's get rolling. Welcome to the podcast, Ja. Hey, Maddie. How are you? Wow. That introduction was a was was pretty high. That was tough to live up to. <laughs> no, every word, I mean every single word, because you're, what you do like with your career and with your passion, you're so driven and it's so inspiring. And I think that the elephant in the room with any kind of dream is, is fear. And the, the fact that you're kind of like charging, not kind of, but the fact that you are charging it head on is really inspiring to so many people and helps everyone with it. Thank you. I mean, it it did it did become my uh, has become my life mission now to to you know to talk about rejection. You know, because very few people talk about it, and people talk about failure, people talk about fear all the time, but very few people talk about rejection. So, fear of rejection has become you know for for lack of you know for lack of a better word, my mission in life. So let's go back to the beginning. First of all, I want to know how like this got started the 100 days of rejection, but I also want to know kind of like how you were raised, like were you raised in a way to face these kinds of things head on? How did this come about? No, actually I raised to be the opposite. I was, I, you know, I grew up in a family where my parents would basically say yes to me on everything. You know, I uh, very few rejections. They were pr- very protective. They loved me. So, but as a result, I did not know how to handle rejection. You know, so um, um, I, I remember there were times in my life where I was I feel humiliated because teachers said no to me uh, in class, uh, and uh, those memories stick with me um, until for, for a long, long, long time. And even if even after, uh, but when I was fourteen, I um, I met Bill Gates. You know, not one on one. I wish, <laughs> but I saw him speak, and then he just touched me. Uh, he's, 
And I thought this guy knew the truth. He said, I want to be just like him. I want to be an entrepreneur like him. And this is where another version of me where I want to change the world. So I came to the U.S. where uh, with this idea when I was 16. Uh, I want to go to high school for a year, then go to college. But then later on, I want to build the biggest company in the world, just like Bill Gates did. So there was these two versions of me I just talked about. One, I was terrified of rejection on one hand, but I also want to be a world changer. I want to make my mark in the universe. Wow. And like, seriously, you have been. <laughs> like oh. this whole thing just came about from that, like from being inspired from from Bill Gates and that's such that's such a testimony it's such a story of like where you started and how you used your own experiences even though you were raised in a completely different way to you know be the change in the world that you wanted to see which is amazing yeah absolutely absolutely and but the thing is it's not like what those two I think we all have um, this part right um, this version different versions of ourselves one, one side we have this fear we have this thing that are holding us back, but on the other hand, we want to make a difference in the world. We all do, like you do. I know you you do uh, with your blog and everything. Mm-hmm. But I know we all do. If if you are listening to this to this podcast, you want to make a change in the world. But there's other part of you that's probably you know like like what happened to me. There's parts of me that that just hold hold me back because of my fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was telling you about this earlier, like when we last talked. I have a crazy fear with just public speaking which is funny because like I can talk to thousands of people as long as I'm you know safe behind my computer screen I'm happy I'm okay because I can't see all these faces but in your mind you like make up these consequences like the worst thing that could ever happen is going to be this if I if I get up and I face my fear all these crazy things are going to come crashing down and and all it takes is that one time where you just get up and you do that one thing that scares you the most and you realize well hey that wasn't so bad. You, you may even enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. And even if it's bad, it could be bad. I'm not saying like it's, even it, it could be bad, but did you die from it? Did, yeah. did, did it make any material difference in your life? Uh, that Did you lose a leg? You know, did you lose part of a brain because of that? No. Like, uh, you know, so seldom that the thing we fear the most, um, you know, can have this life and death consequence to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about... 100 days of rejection and how this actually came to be what what was the entrepreneurial dream that you had starting out and then led into this so i wanted to be a technology entrepreneur like the one that you see in silicon valley uh you build a mobile app you build this cloud technology and all that right so that's what i wanted to do um i want to change the world through technology um so but i I had this desire to do it, but didn't do it for a long time until it was really 30 year old, you know, become a 30 year old and having kids. Um, that became a catalyst for me to quit my job and become an entrepreneur. Really, because I did not, you know, I thought I did not want to be this guy who didn't chase his dream and, be, and use his kids as an excuse, you know, and saying, you know, I, I didn't chase my dream because of you were born, basically. Uh, I actually wanted to say to him that, you know, I, I chased my dream. I went after it because you were born so I can be an example to you so you can do it. That's what I wanted to do. Um, so, um, you know, I, I quit my job when I was 30 um, uh, and pursued this, um, build this, to build this mobile app, and I formed the team. But the what happened is I was rejected with the investment four months into my venture. And I was hurt because I wanted this investment. I wanted it so bad. Um, and 
I couldn't believe I, I, I got a rejection. So and I, the, the rejection hurt so much that I wanted to quit. And this is where I, I realized, you know, there's, I mentioned there are two versions of me, right? There's a version that's afraid of rejection. There's a version that, that wants to change the world. And I cannot let, let that, um, that version that's afraid of rejection win every time because he was about to win again, make me quit my dream. So I, I went to search and to see what can I do to overcome this fear of rejection. And I searched online. I found this thing called rejection therapy. Uh, basically, it's a game ask you to um, look for rejection every day. You know, you give you a car, uh, cars and, and you would for 30 days and every day you would look for rejection. And, and by doing that, you desensitize yourself from the pain. And that's what I did. That's what I did. But I did this for 100 days. And I, um, um, I started a blog about it, this whole experience of rejection and what I learned. And also I filmed myself with a video camera and um, using my iPhone and I've recorded myself being rejected. So now I can share it with the world. So and because I wanted the world to keep me, hold me accountable, otherwise I would just forget. I mean, not forget, I would quit pretty quickly. So that's what I did for 100 days. So when the very first one that you did, what was the very first um, assignment you gave yourself to get rejected? Yeah, I went to a stranger who was sitting at a desk. Uh, he's a, he was a big guy, and he looked like a security guard type of guy. I asked him, hey, can I borrow $100 from you? And uh, yeah, so uh, you know, he, 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 he looked up to me, and he was, like, he was shaking his head. He was like, no, uh, but why? And I just started running. I just got, got myself out of there as quickly as I could because I was so afraid. Uh, that 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 I was I was felt so humiliated. I ran as fast as I could. So, but that night I uploaded the video. I saw myself on the on YouTube. I found, hmm, all right, this guy doesn't seem that menacing to me, right? He was a big guy, and but he wasn't like pulling out his taser or pepper spray or anything like that. He was just. He said no, but he asked me why. In fact, he was extending the conversation uh, to me and inviting me to talk, but because I was so afraid, I just ran. So I said, wow, this is like a microcosm of my life where every time I hear a, a simple no, I would just want to quit. And um, so I want to make a change from there on. I said, no matter what happens, I would not just run next day. I would mm -hmm. stay engaged. So do you think that being able to record yourself and go back and watch and kind of review it, was it like a combination of like, oh, I don't want to watch myself have to go through this again, but then also like a moment of relief, like having a different type of perspective, being the one to watch this happening instead of actually like being there again in the moment, if that makes sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Because usually when I was re-experiencing re re myself, I was uh, re-experiencing the episode uh, of what happened. And by doing that, I became a third person, more objective observer on what was transpiring. And so I could see his reaction. I could see my reaction. I could analyze myself. I could uh, know what I did well and what, did I didn't do, what I didn't do well. So uh, I think that's actually, you know, I recommend everyone who wants to learn anything to record themselves and watch, even though people hate to watch themselves on video. Mm-hmm. Do you have out of all of the out of all the videos that you recorded? Um, do you have one that was your absolute, not your hardest? Because I want to know about your hardest. But do you have one that was like your favorite and one that just made like a, a huge impact on your life? 
Well, I would say the Krispy Kreme one. Um, the this is my on day three where I went to a local Krispy Kreme store. For those of you who don't know, Krispy Kreme is uh, is a, a very popular donut shop in the southeastern part of the U.S. I mean, I mean, it has a shop in every part, I guess. But um, in Austin, it was very popular. So I was driving by the store and I thought, what is something that I can ask uh, the store to make me? Uh, it was the year of the London Olympics. Um, so I said, okay, maybe they can make me donuts that look like Olympic rings. And uh, basically, you interlink five donuts together and make them look like the rings, right? There's no way they're going to do it. Uh, so, but I went in and the, the donut maker took me so seriously and she thought, oh, okay, she was jotting down the, the rings and the colors around it and she was like, uh, when do you need them to be done by? I said, 50 minutes. She's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. And in 50 minutes, she brought up a box of donuts that looked like Olympic rings. It was amazing. And I always was, wonder, did you eat those donuts? I did, okay. I did. <laughs> it, was, it was way, way too sweet. Oh. <laughs> but 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 uh, you know it was it was sweet overall. I mean that whole experience was mm -hmm. sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very impactful. Like I've watched that one uh, several times. Um, but you could just tell that you brought so much joy to her life, and like this was all a part of the experiment. But yet you made you made her night because she got to use her creativity, and like it, it just kind of goes to show that you never know. If you don't ask, like you might both be missing out on an opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. We often, we, also, we often think that you know we don't ask for stuff because we want to bother people. That's that's one of the excuses we tell ourselves. I mean, which is legit in some ways. Um, but the thing is, instead of thinking that, we're, let's think about collaboratively and creatively. You know, if we ask someone, maybe we can tackle a problem together. Maybe that person is just dying to help someone. I mean, aren't, aren't, aren't you dying to help someone? I am. I know, like, if someone asked me to help someone, I would feel good. So, uh, you know, why rob someone of the, uh, the, the chance of helping? I'm not saying this is true for everyone, but uh, way too often we say no to ourselves because we don't want to bother people, because we think other people will say no to us. We just don't like the pain of, of rejection. Mm -hmm. I think you make a really excellent point with that because, like, thinking about my own experiences, there's one thing that I always, like, say someone is being really snippy or snappy or even sad. They're just showing an obvious emotion of, like, this person is in pain, this person's frustrated, uh -huh. this person isn't very happy. Like, naturally, you know, a lot of us want to reach out and say, are you okay? Are you doing fine? Like, do you want to talk to someone? But if it's a stranger, that's really scary because what if they're just, like, no, like, I don't want to talk to you about my problems. I don't even know you. That's one of the things I struggle with because I want to be that helping hand or that person to say, hey, I can see you're in pain, but at the same time, I'm a little bit nervous of how it might come across if I say something like, are you doing okay? Like, do you want to talk? Maybe it'll just set off a weird vibe. So sometimes that's something that I personally struggle with is just not being as compassionate as I want to be out of fear. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, all, that's all because... The, the, the English word no is one of the most painful words in the, in the vocabulary. And we, you know, because of that, we say, you know, we try to avoid no uh, as often as possible. And, and as a consequence, we say no to ourselves first before anyone else, right? We just, we just kept saying no to ourselves and, 
And but so we're the worst rejector of who we are because we do want to touch the pain of rejection. Mm, that is so 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 true. And like I told you, my my podcast is a lot about body image and a lot of insecurities. And um, we talk a lot about disordered eating, and it, it's so it's so true that one of the biggest roots of disordered eating or just body image struggles is that we're we're afraid like we're afraid of not being in control we're afraid of rejection of not being a part of a certain diet club it's just all rooted in fear and that's one of the reasons why I was so attracted to the work you're doing because it can really relate to all sorts of different areas just like with relationships or career or body image because it's very intertwined like we we struggle with the fear of rejection or maybe an experience in our past where we were told no and crush our dreams so we latch onto something we can control like food or fitness or um, just creating this perfect body because it's getting what you want it's not being told no like you're controlling the outcome and it's all perfectly in line with what you want Absolutely, and and the the we're uh, we're clinging onto an outcome because we care so much about a lot about what other people think of us, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 whether that's uh, you know food, whether that's body image, whether it's su- that's success or failure, whether that's rejection or acceptance, you know, and so um, throughout my one hundred days, I started, you know, I I learned not to really care too much about what other people think of me. You know, it's, it's really as strange as it sounds. I was looking for rejection, right? But I learned that um, some of my biggest fear was like, would people think I'm crazy? Would people think I'm, you know, would people, how would they see me? But really, in the end, I found it's more about the other person than me. It's more about this, uh, you know, someone might reject me, someone might accept me, but it's based on his or her prejudice and way of seeing lives and and culture, background, education, maybe his or her mood of the day. I have no control over that. And so I don't want, you know, so I don't want to focus on those things anymore. So, you know, I, I want to focus on what I, what I do myself. Yeah, that's all you can control. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. So can you share with us one of the harder um, challenges you set for yourself, one that maybe really hurt you? Or really dug deep, or just affected you in a different way than the other ones did. You're talking about my throughout my 100 days. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. So, what? Which one hurt me the most? Or was uh, harder to to move past? Because you're just like, wow, like, yeah, that doesn't so feel good. The one that that was the hardest are usually the ones in public, where I would re- run the risk to be rejected not by one person but by a group of people. This is where, you know, and it feels like there's a compound effect when you have the risk of getting rejected by, by many, many people. And, uh, for example, I, uh, I, one of my rejection requests was I, want to, I went to the street of Austin. And uh, on the empty street, I, I mean, on the street where people were walking by, I want to give a speech. Um, I was terrified. It was really terrifying. It, it somehow it stood out. Um, more from all the, all the rejection requests I get, um, and it's, you know, I, sometimes I feel talking to one person is not that hard. Even after a while, but talking to a group of people is super terrifying. So yeah, so giving a, a, a talk, uh, giving a public storytelling to on the street is pretty tough. 
How did the people respond to you? Most people didn't care. Like I was having a, uh, I was, I had a sign saying public storytelling in five minutes. Uh, stop by if you're interested. And when the time is up, no one was stopping. Guess what? I just said, you know what? Instead of going, instead of going home, I'm just gonna start talking. I'm just start giving that talk and see who's interested. And lo and behold, there are a few people who are interested, and I gave my talk. Uh, and then, and uh, you know, um, so when I when I was done, they uh, they they give me applause. Uh, you know, they give me applause. And but because it was, I mean, I know you have this fear of public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. This is I, I I had that fear as well, and this really this episode really helped me because now because I did that, I know I can re always rely on this strength of the this story. I knew I can do this on the street instead of even in front of other people. You know, if I knew I could um, you know do that on the street, I can do it when people are paying, when people are like traveling to see me talk. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense because, like, I think for entrepreneurs and for more specifically coaches or people that are selling a service that is solely like them, it makes you challenge what what your worth is. Like, uh, my services cost this much to hear me speak cost this much, and it's like you deciding your value and your worth, and then that's when the fear of like. Am I worth that much? Is what I have to say actually valuable? No one's going to come anyways to hear me like speak that. But like we don't know what those listeners or those people out there need to hear in that moment. They might need exactly what you have to say. Every like stutter, every single mumble, like they may need to hear all of that. Like we don't know. That's not in our in our control. All we know is that our experiences are enough and they're valuable and they're needed. Yep, absolutely. So I have a friend and, well, I have a few friends that follow you closely, but one of them wanted me to ask you um, oh. if I had, if you, well, sorry, if you, if you had to choose one rejection for someone to go for to start to do this, to start to do um, their own kind of rejection therapy, what would be like the one beginning point? Maybe okay. Uh, go to a grocery store and buy something and ask for a discount. That mm -hmm. one's very. That one's very easy, and easy was um, easy because um, those those people are the people who are talking to at the cashier. They are trained to talk to you, or they are required to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So they're trapped, <laughs> basically. Um, you know, but. <laughs> Go ask, for example, buy a banana. If it costs like a dollar, say, can I pay 80 cents? Hmm. And if they hear no, and you can ask, is there any way you can, I can get a discount? Or is, it, is there any way you can help me to make it happen? Or, you know, and, and things like that. So that's a good starting point. I love that. Okay, so I have another funny story. Sure. Um, so my boyfriend, actually, we haven't been dating for all that long, but I, whenever I had my first phone call with you, I brought it up like, oh, you know, I had a I had a phone call with this guy who I, I really admire the stuff he's doing, and he's like, oh, who is it? And I was like, oh, his name's Ja, and he does um this thing called 100 Days of Rejection on on YouTube, and he was like, what? <gasps> what? I follow him like really closely, and I had no clue, I had no idea that he he like knew who you were and followed you, and and then we totally geeked out for a minute, and then he said <laughs> that he had 
been doing rejection therapy himself. Like he was doing it, oh. I don't know, a couple years ago or something he hasn't done in a while. But he said that when he lived in a different state, he was doing that like a lot actively. He wrote lists of things to, to set out and do. And he's an entrepreneur as well. So this was something I, I guess that was introduced to him to help him with strengthen his entrepreneurship. But him and his roommate started to do this. And I don't remember all of the, the stories he shared with me, but I remember one that they were, and, and what you just said reminded me of this, but they were at um, like tw a 24-hour gym or like a fitness club. And mm -hmm. their, their small challenge was to ask one of the store managers if they could have some Cliff Bars for free. And the girl was like, oh, you want some Cliff Bars? Yeah, I have an entire box. You can have the whole thing. And like... Normally, Cliff Bars are like, you know, a couple bucks and they, she just handed over an entire box of Cliff Bars for for them to just take home for free. Like, absolutely crazy. I, I, I know. But, you know, a lot of times we don't ask those things. Mm -hmm. um, if people ask me, like I would. OK, I give a lot of talks, um, public speeches. And afterward, like sometimes people, one or two brave soul would come here and said, hey, can I get a copy of your book? Um, you know, and, and, um, I, I, you know, I, at the time, I mean, my book isn't out yet until for another week. Uh, and, and so usually when that happened, I have a, um, I don't have a, like a normal copy. I have a pre-copy, but always the first person asked, I will always sign a book and, and sign a pre-copy and give it to, to offer free for the guts to ask. But a lot of people want to ask, a lot of people thought about it, but they don't, they don't do it <laughs> because they're. They're, uh, you know, they're kind of say, you know, what if I, you know, what if you say no? So, but I always prepare that. It's the same, it's the same thing. You know, you never know if you don't ask. Has doing this kind of helped the way that you respond to people who ask you things, like versus when you started this? Yes, um, on both ways. On one side, it made me kinder to say yes to people, but on the other hand, I also learned I need to say no to people. In many cases, um, I mean, because obviously, I, I. I've gained a lot of, uh, you know, um, I guess online fame through this. A lot of people, you know, write me emails to for requests uh, for one or the other. Sometimes I can't, I can't, I can't fulfill that request just because I, you know, I one I my my, my time's limited and two I have to focus on doing what I'm doing. Um. So, but as the result. I actually learned how to, you know, I did this 100 days of rejection, right? I learned some people really know how to say no and some people don't. The people who know how to say no actually made me fans of them uh, when I walk away. So I, I start using those skills when I have to say no to people. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like the no's are kind of what have made you rejection proof in a yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, the title, that's the title of my book, by the way. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> I was kind of playing on that. Um, okay, so another question I wanted to ask is for people who have never done this before and are listening and they're like, yeah, this sounds like a cool idea. Probably not for me, though, um, because I know there are a lot of people out there that are thinking this is awesome, but I am too scared to do that. Do you think that making a list and just is this something you have to just kind of throw yourself into if you're really wanting to get serious about um you know, not being afraid of rejection because maybe it's not as easy just to walk about day-to-day -day life and just think, you know, maybe I'll try something here and there because it might never happen. Because to me, in my head, I feel like this is one of those things where if you just say, 
if you don't actually commit to it, you're probably not going to do it because that's how strong fear is. So you have to like really dedicate, you know, a, a list to, to check things off or it won't get done. But I could be totally false. That might just be my all or nothing kind of thinking. Is this something that you could just kind of glide into here and there or do you need that dedication? I think both. Um, the thing is, just like exercise, right? If you do any exercise or just walk a little bit more, it will make you healthier. Uh, every day, but the thing is, if you want to get serious about something, you probably want to have a dedicated time. Um, but it doesn't have to be 100 days. Uh, you know, we always think, wow, it's going to be let's let's make it as long as possible. You know, 100 days or 200 days. That those those time frames sounds very intimidating. But if you can, you can set yourself up to be say 30 days or maybe even just a week. Every day in that week, I would ask for something. Your life will be changed in one week. I can tell you that. I mean, it's not, it might not be like, you know, a huge change, but you can learn a lot about who you are and, and how the world operates and how people think just by putting yourself out there and, and asking for crazy stuff. And like in the online world, people are really, people can be very supportive if they're your fan, but they can also be really cruel and, and being, being like, behind a computer screen makes people feel safe and comfortable so they can say things that aren't that friendly. And I'm assuming like if you've had some some haters out there, it's been a little bit easier to handle that kind of rejection after all of this, right? Absolutely. And I, I learned that rejection is nothing more than people's opinion. Right? We we all have opinions and as you know, we have more than I mean, I often say rejection or I would say like opinions is the cheapest resource on earth. We all have them. We're more than willing to give our, them to you for free. And so because of that, um, you know, rejection is nothing more than people's opinions and preferences. And uh, if you, I mean, they, there's no consensus. If you're not getting rejections, you're not touching a nerve. You're not making a difference in the world because people are just lukewarm towards you. Uh, people are indifferent. That's the last thing you want to be. You want people to. You want people's reaction. You want them to care. So don't be afraid of rejection. If you're not getting rejected, you're not doing the work. Mm -hmm. My mom, she is like one of the smartest people I've ever known. She said something that you just reminded me of. She just said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I know that's kind of a famous quote. Someone else said it, but... Um, it makes a lot of sense to me because that's one thing that I struggle with. I'll be completely honest. A lot of times when I, when I post things, you know, I, I, I did a post like two weeks ago just on my Facebook page and it's the only one that I would ever say went big. Like it reached like 60,000 people, tons wow. of people shared it. They loved it. You know, it was about my, it was about my body and how that body that I had at the time as a fitness model was really destructive and really hurting me and deep down inside I was suffering a lot but you know even though I got all those shares and likes it's like the three people that called me an idiot that stuck with me you know like I latched onto that and I was like why are they calling me an idiot why are they so mean why would they do something like that why why do they think that about me they don't even know me you know and I get all defensive and then I had to I told my mom and she told me that back and I was like that's so true like I I have to stick by what I believe in or I won't be making any kind of difference in the world and I won't be helping anyone and I think the same goes for every single individual on this planet like there are always going to be people that have that think that what they know is better than what you know or think that their opinions matter more or anything like that but you have to be able to just kind of let it go and be be 
firm and and side with yourself you know like just know that your words are valuable and that they're needed and there are always going to be people out there that will have a no yeah absolutely and and, and i learned that there's no there's no good idea or good quote or 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 person that is universally good that everyone will say yes to so it's, it's impossible it's a law of large numbers if you are reaching enough people someone will say no to you some people will call you an idiot um, but as the but as the flip side of that, someone will say yes to you as well. So you cannot use like the yes and no's to be the merit of your uh, of judgment of merit of your idea of, of who you are or what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you just if you believe in, in enough, you go for it and you reach for the people who say yes to you. And the people who say no are de- are detractors. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be raising your children differently so that they're not afraid of rejection? Oh, that is a very interesting question because uh, um, just just last week um, uh, there was an article on Time magazine that that um, this lady wrote about um, me and my book, um, and she's talking about um, right now is the hardest time for a lot of parents um, because. Uh, you know, they, they will raise our kids to be, we'll try to protect them, we'll try to deflect uh, rejection, we'll try to deflect criticism, we'll try to just raise them in the most safe environment. But now is the time they get rejected from colleges. For some of them, it's the biggest rejection they have uh, have had to date. A uh, lot of heartaches, a lot of uh, uh, tears. Uh, how do they, you know, uh, inoculate their kid from that? And so... What I'm saying is, first of all, if you can get your kids to be okay with the idea of rejection, to be comfortable with rejection at an earlier age, um, and that's better. That's actually much better for them. It sets them up better for their lives. So that's the first thing I want to do. Uh, do. So for my own kid, I will see become more understanding and, and uh, you know, used to, um, um, you know, have, have better understanding of the world, basically. I want him to push back, uh, on, not necessarily to push back, but necessary. But I want him to, after my rejection, like I have to say a lot of no to him, right? Otherwise, he would be full of candy in his mouth every day, every minute. But uh, when I say no to him, if if he can convince me to to change my mind, if it, if you give me a good reason, I will give him a, a like a, like a tool set of how to change my. Um, how to change my mind. And if you can convince me and give me a good argument about why he should have something that he wanted, then I can change my mind. And I would I want him to learn, to know that never just to give up. Um, you know, I mean sometimes that, that they're driving me crazy as a parent because sometimes I just want to be end of the conversation. But to be a really good parent, sometimes I have to teach him to not give up and and how do you handle a no from me how do you handle a no how do you handle a no from friends or from your teachers uh, you know how do you stay engaged how do you not give up i think those skills are very important to teach your kids i think that's really great that you're addressing this issue with kids because i think that like we are taught to i mean i mean obviously we're as humans we're taught to avoid pain like we just don't want to have this kind of pain but we need more leaders to be able to show us how to handle it and how to actually make it um a victory and instead of playing like the victim 
and being like the loser in a situation to know that you can come out like you're just as strong. Like, like you said earlier, it's people's opinions, like a rejection or a no is someone's opinion. And we have to be able to handle that to make a difference in the world. And for kids, it's such a sensitive thing. And like, I don't have kids and, you know, being investing myself into this world, like being able to talk to people like you and the rest of the people I have on this podcast, it's been really cool to get insights from other parents and people who have been raising their kids in a certain way, like, you know, giving them the messages that that they teach themselves on their own podcast or in their book, but without being like overbearing and being able to give their, their children the freedom to make their own mistakes and decisions. But that that's so brave. And that's such a, that's must be such a, I wouldn't say tough thing, but yeah, I mean, to be able to walk that line where you want to have kids who are, are bold and, and can stand up for themselves, but also take those no's. Uh, in about 18 years, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so there'll be you. an entrepreneur just like you. Oh, I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, okay, so your book. Let's talk about your book because I'm super, super excited about it. Um, I've been reading the first few chapters and it's marvelous so far. You definitely have a gift for writing. So tell us, so this, this podcast is coming out on the 15th and the book is released on April 14th. So it'll be out for a day now. Um, so give us some insight onto your book. So, um, basically my book is a, um, uh, it's, it's about my story. It's about my story of, uh, um, you know, you heard part of this, really just over looking for rejection, how my, basically my battle of re, uh, with rejection, but turned into this great opportunity of discovery and learning about what rejection is and how we can learn from it, how to overcome it, how to turn that into opportunity, right? So, but also I, you know, I, I embed a lot of uh, learning and a lot of lessons, a lot of scientific research into these stories. So, you know, for example, uh, if you, after you learn it, I mean, hopefully after you learn it, you can just start going out and want to, do, want to change your life and want to do something. Uh, and, but also I'll teach you a toolkit called Rejection uh, Toolbox, um, where there are certain things you can say and certain things you can do to maximize your chance to get a yes. And there are certain things you can do to after you, you hear a, uh, after you hear a no, you can actually turn that no into a yes. And there are a lot of things you can do to, to actually find uh, the upside of every rejection. So this book is about my story, but more importantly, it's about the, the, the tools you can learn so you can become more uh, fearless and invincible. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, I just want to get the word out so everyone can get this book and start um, their rejection therapy and be rejection proof. I, I hope so too. I hope so too. Okay, so um, where can people find you after listening to this episode? So you can find me on fearbuster.com fearbuster.com to bust your fears, I guess. So fearbuster.com, but uh, also you can find my book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or basically anywhere. The book is called Rejection Proof. Yes, and I will make sure that I have the link to the book um, in the show notes for this episode. This will be at maddiemoon.com slash mbm45. So you can check out his website as well as get the book straight from my website. Um, and is there anything in the works for you that you can share with us? Anything upcoming besides the book? Yeah, I run this online course. It's called Rejection Gym. Uh, so basically, I, um, 
I walk people across uh, through this uh, process of 100 days of rejection where I will give you guidelines about how to experiment this yourself, how to expose yourself to rejection, and how to uh, expand your comfort zone and enlarge your uh, courage muscle. And so uh, we just finished the, our first beta group, and the people were just doing crazy stuff. <laughs> the, the things they're doing that just kind of blew my mind. And you know, some of them are finding new jobs. Some of them are uh, getting their utility bills reduced. And but this is all just in the in the in the middle of the course. And it will, and so um, I, I encourage you to check it out. Rejectiongym.com. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I want to join that. I think that that would be really helpful for me right now just as I'm starting uh, all my entrepreneurial journeys. I think this would be super helpful. I think it would be helpful for, to anyone, it, uh-huh. even, even for me. Like I did this and I'm a changed person. I just offered 100 days. It's, I'm, I'm so different mm-hmm. than I started. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, this has been definitely one of my favorite episodes and I have been looking forward to recording this with you for, I don't, I can't even tell you how long. So I'm glad that we got to geek out and talk about rejection and, um, can't wait to get everyone to read this book. So thank you so much. Thank you, Maddie. All right. Thank you so much everyone for listening to the podcast. Be sure to head on over to maddiemoon.com slash mbm45 to check out Rejection Proof and see how you can start your own 100 days of rejection. We'll catch you next time. Bye.